you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those Z's. And if you do need to snooze, we'd much rather you did that at home in your warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later, right here on this Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. Now you'll miss out on some things, like seeing people. What? What? And, you know, smiles and cute kids at children's time. And you won't get any cookies or coffee, but we give you what we can. I'm Chris Marshall. I'm Susan Foster. We are United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or homiletical harbingers of a new age. We're your average pastors helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast, so if you're away from home, working, chasing your kids on a a soccer team, or maybe just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon one of us gave on Sunday. So, whatever day it is when you're listening to this, we just ask that you would keep an open mind and an open heart. A quick note. We don't actually think that you have to agree with us. What? I know. You're probably going to want to, though. We're pretty smart. We're pretty cool. But we encourage you to question, to disagree, and to figure out what you think. But our sincere hope is that you will experience the mysterious, loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So welcome to Palm Sunday. Welcome to Palm Sunday. It's March 25th in our hearts. Yes. So uh, Palm Sunday, we start the service with the Palm Sunday story. So mm-hmm. before we get into the call to worship or anything else, Palm Sunday story about Jesus riding in on a donkey's colt to the city of Jerusalem and people celebrating and shouting Hosanna and waving palm branches and all the Going things. crazy. Just having a, having a blast. Having, having a, a blast. blast. And so uh, the meaning of Hosanna mm-hmm. is save now. It's like God save us. Yeah. Right? God save us. And so these people are shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, God save us. And it's an interesting thing to shout to somebody who's riding on a donkey's colt, who has no military power, who has no No political power, who has no army, which is what was happening on the other side of the city at the same time, right? Pilate is coming in Mm -hmm. to suppress any rebellion that might happen during the high holy days for the Jews. And so he's coming in literally on a white horse with all of his battalions and all of his armor and all of his weapons. And he's, it's a, it's a way of striking fear into the heart of the Jews so that they will not rebel against Caesar. Right. Because they are not particularly thrilled with Caesar. Right. Right. So, So, I mean, mean, just imagine in your own town, if, you know, the army started rolling in one side. Right. With a tank. With a tank. And then on the other side, there's people like in a cardboard tank mocking them. Yes. That's who Jesus is in this scenario. And so these people are shouting, save now, Hosanna, save now, save now. And it's an odd thing to shout to somebody who doesn't look like he has any power. Right. And so what I wanted to say this Palm Sunday was that we really want God to save us. And we really don't like God's methods. Mm-hmm. Preach it, sister. We really get confused and angry and feel put upon when God actually starts doing the saving work because it's not easy. Right. And it's not comfortable. And it requires effort. And it requires something of us. Right. And so Like it does it's not even it's not even like a like a like the discomfort of a traffic jam. It's like like actual internal change. Yeah. So we're talking about salvation and salvation means healing. So you know, pulling out those parts of yourself that you have allowed to 
maybe become a little bit sick, mm-hmm. um, which includes noticing our own stuff, noticing our own patterns. Um, noticing it means the ways we, we put those on other people. On other people, the way we project that stuff and don't claim it on our for ourselves mm-hmm. or see our own complicity right. in the things that are going on around As us. As the parable says, the, the splinter in someone else's eye versus the log in our own. Exactly. And so, you know, we want Jesus to save us. We don't particularly like his methods because his methods involve something called kenosis. Ooh, no kenosis. Kenosis was one of those things they warned us about in seminary. I love saying this in a sermon, by the way. <laughs> you know, in seminary, they don't want us to preach this. And then right. everybody goes, tell oh, us. Tell, tell us, us what thing. it is. Tell us the thing. Kenosis is, it is a dangerous concept. Like a lot of things in the Bible, it can be used to become very healthy and it can be used to cause a lot of pain, mm-hmm. right? And so... Kenosis has been defined as self-emptying mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to pour ourselves out. Right. Now, it has been used in some traditions to keep people in their place uh-huh. and to say, where is your humility? You need to be practicing kenosis right now so I can have my way. Yes. Yeah. This is, this is one of those places where it's, it is a healthy thing to do, but and it's it often can also used be unhealthily. Manipulated, right. And so this self-emptying is something that gets modeled for us in Jesus. And his dying is not something that is separate from his living in this mm. way. He is constantly practicing this art of self-emptying, of pouring himself out. Not pouring himself out to save you from discomfort, but pouring himself out to do, as we were talking about in the last episode, some truth-telling. Mm-hmm. Pouring himself out to offer healing and yeah. wholeness and the practices that will help us grow. If you read the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount, it's mostly Jesus giving us advice about how not to be toxic to one another, mm-hmm. right? So Jesus is is modeling for us what this looks like. And so in this Philippians scripture, Philippians 2, 1 through 11, it is Jesus talking about, or it's not Jesus, it's Paul talking Paul, about. Yeah, Paul. Remember, it's Paul. Yeah. It's Paul talking about. He might want to be Jesus, but he's not. Let's not get into that. So, <laughs> as Paul talking about, you know, if you've gotten anything out of this life in Christ, if you have experienced anything good about it, uh, if you have a heart, if it means anything to you, if you care, then do this work together in community. So if it has blessed you, then use it to bless others. Right. Don't push your way. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside. Help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. And he talks about how Christ models this for us, how Christ Mm -hmm. gives up all of the glory, all of the power, all of the, you know, all of the imperviousness to come and be a part of our pain, our, you know, humility of being human and experience that fully with us. And also in the midst of us, show us how to do that well. Yeah. Uh, and so that we're called to live into this this model of self-emptying that Jesus is doing. So one of the things I said was C.S. Lewis defines humility not as thinking less of yourself, hmm. but thinking of yourself less. Yeah. And that's a really hard distinction for people. Right. So thinking less of yourself is I am a worm. I'm not worthy. Right. Thinking of yourself less just means I think I'm a good person. I think I make mistakes, but it's not all about me. Which means that my ego doesn't get in the way and also my self-recriminations don't get in the way. I can just be a part of the process. So what I was trying to say is, you know, kenosis has been used to disempower people, but it is actually a really empowering thing to recognize that you are not a victim, 
mm-hmm. that you are you don't need to think like you are a worm. You're not self berating, right? But to say, I am a child of God. I bring gifts and graces to the table. I'm not the only person at the table, and I don't need to be the only person at the table. And whether or not I'm here doesn't make or break God's process, right? But I have the ability, I have the agency to choose to pour myself out and when and how to do that. Right. But that is actually an empowering thing to choose. Right. The, the sense of I'm not waiting for somebody else to give me permission to do that, mm-hmm. nor do I have to follow, some, follow somebody else's direction on how to do that. Right. That I get to choose how I want to pour myself out. It also means that you have to take the agency to look at yourself clearly. And I think that's really hard for us to do on our own. I think that's why we need community. Right. We need mirrors. We need we need yeah. people to, to 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 reflect back. We just so we just read this chapter in Morgan Guyton's book about how Jesus saves the world mm-hmm. from us. It's toxic practices of Christianity and sort of their biblical antidote. And Morgan Guyton, uh, I'll link this book in the yeah. But your small one of your your small groups are reading it right now. One of, yeah, one of my small groups is reading this book, and the the last chapter we had was about what is the difference between worship and performance. Ooh. And how do we how do we understand how we are performing every day? Mm-hmm. And at first that seemed like kind of a silly question because we all like, we love the word authenticity, right? And right. integrity. Yeah. Like we're super cool. Yeah. But the more we thought about it, the more we realized like, oh, you know what? Maybe we post a lot of selfies. Mm-hmm. Maybe we try and make it look like our life is going really well and it's an act of vulnerability to show here are the things I'm working on. Right. Maybe we feel like, we're faking being adults, you right. know, like maybe, like how many times have I heard the adulting word, right? right? Adulting. And it usually is in the context of I'm not good at adulting. Right. And so it's like, we think that we're faking it. But the truth is our grandparents and our parents all didn't know what they were doing either. Right. They just kind of grew into it and you just kind of grow, grow into, into it. it. And so how do you, how do you figure out where the difference is between trying to live your life in a way that reflects well on God and on all mm-hmm. of that, but also not being so interested in other people's judgments? Right. That you're acting in a way that pleases them. Right. And that there's a balance there. Yeah. So how do we pour ourselves out without making it be about the appearance Mm -hmm. of pouring ourselves out? How do we do that in a way that's good? And and what are we really praising? Are we praising the power and success that some people think comes from being a Christian? Mm -hmm. Like the the prosperity gospel preaches, oh, if you just pray right, right, then you'll have all the money and you'll never get sick. And it's like, well, no, no, no <laughs> you know, no. Jesus was homeless. Jesus is, yeah, that, that's not what he was His talking about. His best friend got sick and died. <laughs> like, let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. It's not about, it's not about the power. It's about following Christ, which usually means doing this really hard internal work and external work of noticing our own toxicity, accepting God's healing, mm-hmm. and then also offering that to the world, offering the healed part and not the toxic part. Right. To the world. And and to do that in a way that does not say, this is my perfect part. Mm-hmm. That's a really important thing, you know, that I think that we, that that's what we tend to do when we think we're doing the heal, you know, the healed part. Yeah. No, we just offer the thing we think we've got together. And that may not be the thing that the world needs. Yeah. I think what the world needs is to see scars, mm-hmm. not wounds, not wounds. Right. And so, and that's really tough for people who are really into like the art of vulnerability and Brené Brown and like all of this stuff. Right. I love Brené Brown. Right, I love right. her. Like, and I, I think that if you actually read her stuff, what you hear her saying is it's okay to share that you're not perfect, but not to dwell in your wounds. Right. Not right. to live there Let's and not say, swim around in those. Yeah. Or like that doesn't, you don't need to share the festering infection that you've got with the world. Right. You need to get treatment for that. And there's a proper place to do that. Um, but right. you don't need to say, 
I'm being vulnerable and I'm going to pour my toxic stuff all over right, you. Right. What pops into my mind is the, the should stuff, right? Like, like, oh, like yeah. that we should on each other. Yeah, we should all we the should time. On, on each other. And that's part of the toxicity, right? Mm-hmm. Like that. And that's part of us acting out of woundedness, not out of healingness, right. out of healed places mm-hmm. or, or the scars. It's out of, out of the active right. aching, itching, gunky stuff. Right. And when we, when we begin to realize that that's our brain, yeah. <laughs> that's our stuff, it changes how we interact with the world. And that is actually, I think, more authentic than let me open my let, let me open this me just this half this healed Albert yeah. wound and have it squirt all over you versus saying, I've been there, uh-huh. and this is how I got here. Yeah, or I'm here right now, and, and I see where I need to be, and I'm working on that. Right, versus, but I'm not going to live here forever, and I don't forever. need your pity, and I don't right. need your. Because I think I think I know a lot of folks who who live where they you know they've just kind of accepted the um, the rotting places. Yeah. So there's this practice that I do when I go through something really rough and I feel like I I have no purpose and I'm a waste of space and all mm-hmm. of that, which happens from time to time. We all do that. We all have those always have those places. Which is that I'll make a mark in my calendar a month out, two months out, three months out, uh-huh. and at that mark in my calendar, I'll think back and go, am I in a better place now than I was in a month ago? Right. And generally, you don't see the difference so much day to day. But you but will. after a month, yeah. after two months, after six months, after a year, you begin to see the healing. Right. And that can be right. really and, empowering because really you realize empowered. like I'm not stuck where I was. Right. And I'm going to keep getting better. And the other thing that I want to say is social media has made this a lot worse. Oh my gosh. Because we vague book Ugh. all the time people vague book oh i guess today was just not going to be my day and it's like you know what say it or don't say it say but it also if you want people's support reach out to an individual reach out to a human, human being. being make that phone call instead of making it about i'm projecting this image of this wounded bird and i want all the attention right right you know there's um there's a kid at my church who he's not a kid he's in his early 20s but he's got some mental disability right he doesn't kind of grasp things and he gets into these cycles mm-hmm. and he's recently discovered instagram <laughs> live videos oh no and so he posts all of these live videos like he'll post five or six back to back that are really him reaching out and saying hey friends from this last place i worked can you please come and talk to me and say good things to me and like my videos and leave comments and all the things and it's like you know he'll do it five or six times in a row mm-hmm. and it doesn't get the response that he wants because yeah. it feels like he doesn't actually want a human being he wants sort of the attention right and he, I don't think he can grasp that that's not going to work. Yeah. But what I love about his social media feeds is that he he sees what other people do on social media and he doesn't have the disguise. Mm-hmm. He's completely just honest about what he's doing. So yeah. like literally he will post a picture of the most ugly casserole you've ever seen, just a pile of stuff on a plate uh-huh. and then say, this is what I had for dinner, guys. It's a beef and cheese casserole. And like, <laughs> like describe it. And it's like, he doesn't understand that the point of Instagramming is Instagramming your food, which some of you are very guilty of doing. Uh, is to really show off how beautiful the food is that you're eating or how fancy the food right. is that you're eating. And he's like, it's a beef and cheese freezer burrito that I just microwaved and here's my dinner. And it's like, there's just no, there's no, there's no yeah. artifice there. Yeah. And so it, it's like he, for me, is a good mirror of how people use social media because he sees it and he's like, oh, I'll do that. Right. But he doesn't have the, like, he doesn't make it artsy. He just right. says, this is what it is. And so in some ways, it really, it hurts my heart that he does this. Right. And because in other ways, I'm like, man, you are such a good. Right, right. 
right. just mirror for us about how we spray our toxic instead of humbling ourselves, right? Accepting the healing, and then sharing the healed healing. part instead of just the yeah spread spreading the pain. And then I think also social media gives us opportunities to create new wounds. Yeah, and 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 some of it is. Some of it is bullying and, and that kind of thing. But I even think about those, I bet none of my friends will repost this. Oh. Whatever, right? Like, like it's a way to create, see, my friends suck. Right? Yeah. Or. Nobody likes me. No, likes I'm just me. not going to like guilt all of my, my friends, friends into reposting this stupid <laughs> Jesus meme that you think is so powerful, but it's actually terrible theology. Right. Or whatever. Right. And I, th- I think we get, we, we create a lot of this too. Like, and yeah. we have to be aware of what we're creating. I don't read a whole lot of social media because... Yeah, basically. Except for, except for all of you who I care about deeply who are listening to the podcast. <laughs> I share this on all of the social media. But otherwise, my social media feeds are pretty quiet. Part of it is because I, I can't take on all that stuff that other people have. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I, you know, I'm like, okay, I have this much time and this much energy, you know physical emotional energy to take care of all the things in my life and sometimes there's a little bit of social media time yeah sometimes there's a little bit left over but sometimes it's not right and sometimes i don't choose to use that on social media right sometimes i choose to use that on puppy videos sometimes it'll be all right it'll be all right so yeah so the question was really like what are we praising are we praising power or are we praising christ and if we are only judging how well we're doing based on how powerful we are, we might be missing the point because yeah. Jesus didn't come to be powerful in the traditional sense. Right. Jesus came to serve. And so we talked about palm trees. We're in the middle of our trees. Trees, palm trees. So what about palm trees? I, I think I already know one. You might secret. know one of the things I'm going to say. So palm trees, I, you know, when I was planning this sermon series with Anthony Fada, hey, Anthony, who's hey. not listening because pastors don't listen to each other's sermons. No. When, uh, when Anthony and I were planning this sermon series way back in December and January, mm-hmm. uh, we were talking about like, oh yeah, Palm Sunday, we'll just use palm trees, right? Uh-huh. We'll just find all the stuff on palm trees in the book. Turns out palm trees are not trees. <laughs> they are an elaborate, Surprise! fancy, braggy form of grass. <laughs> they, uh, they don't Which have ex- rings. They don't, mm-hmm. they don't create rings with age because nope. it's just leaves that have folded up. That's what their trunks are. Mm-hmm. They, it's hard to know how old they are because of that. Yep. They don't have skin or bark. They have the largest seed, mm-hmm. 60 pounds is a palm seed. And they're everywhere in Southern California. And there's different varieties. Different varieties. Of course there's different varieties. But the ones that you'll see in Southern California are, they're everywhere because the Franciscan monks really liked them. <laughs> And so they would plant them as they moved up California, as they moved north yeah. through California, they planted all these palm trees. So you see them everywhere in California, but they're not necessarily native to California. They're just no, they're Franciscan just... monks going, oh, we like these. So in... And they grow well. They, yeah, sure. Uh, they're very popular for pointing out where In-N-Outs are yes. in Central Valley, California. Yes. Um, the... and, where, and where there used to be grand, grand houses. What? Grand houses, like would have like a driveway of them. You can see oh, several of those oh, off of 99. Oh, grand, grand houses. houses. I thought this was like another In-N-Out style restaurant. I was no. like, how do I not know this? <laughs> yes, fancy houses, mansions. Mansions. So the Romans would reward champions in their games and champions who had achieved military success with a palm branch. Right. You'd get a palm branch. And in Judaism, 
they represented eternal life and paradise. Mm-hmm. And so um, their their general meaning is around peace and plenty. Mm. And what I kind of like about them is if palm trees are paradise, I mean, think about any postcard you've ever gotten from paradise, right? right. Has it's a palm, a palm tree in the ocean and the sunset and the beach right. with the sand, all that stuff. What I kind of like about it is that you find palm trees everywhere. Mm. <laughs> you find them absolutely everywhere, which means paradise can be anywhere. Can be absolutely anywhere. And is not something that waits for yeah. the vacation. Is not something that waits for the next time everything's easy. That paradise is really present with us. This elaborate fancy grass that is parading as a tree. Uh, these palm branches are available to us. Mm-hmm. And it's not about having the power. It's about recognizing the beauty. Right. And being a part of the healing. So that was... The Palm Sunday Sermon. Very cool. Um, Everybody thought it was real funny that I'd done this whole sermon series on trees. And then we got to the end. I was like, it's grass. I don't know. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> we got it wrong. <laughs> but but I think that, I mean, it, it's the perfect metaphor for this Sunday when we're talking, you know, when, when we take our, our Sunday school vision of this Palm parade. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, yeah, and this isn't a tree in your sermon series. Yeah. It's just hilarious to me. Yeah. Oh, these trees, these trees. Yeah. So then... Um, I do want to ask my, my my nephew whether there are any palm trees in Fairbanks, so... Yeah. Well, I don't know. But there aren't very many. There, So there, you talk about different varieties of palms. Yeah. There's lots of different varieties of palms. We were recently in South Carolina, and there are palmettos. Uh-huh. There is the state plant, plant. is a yeah. palmetto. Uh, in Nevada, in case you're wondering, it is sage. Yes. Uh, that is sagebrush. But in South Carolina, it's the palmetto and the palmettos are everywhere, particularly in like the marshes and the swamps. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what I love about that was they're great hiding places. Mm, These mm -hmm. palm trees are great hiding places. And so they were used for two things, which goes to show you like the hidden things can be really toxic or really healthy. Right. Um, One of the things that the palmettos would hide was stills. Mm, So mm -hmm. for when people were doing bootlegging and moonshine and all of that, um, they would hide all of of the stills. And then the other thing that they would hide was people running away in the Underground Railroad. And so, like, one of those things, probably not going to make you a healthy person. One of those things is going to help make our society a healthier place. And so, just sort of interesting, like, what's hidden. Right, what's you know, hidden and what's... What's hidden and what's concealed. It's, you know, it could be a, go either way. Yeah. And then I, I shared, like, my closing thing for the sermon was, actually, the pastoral prayer was a version of the Steve Garness Holmes poem from UnfoldingLight.net about Palm Sunday. And he says... Jesus entered as a king, but on a colt, not a warhorse. King of vulnerability, prince of lowliness. And then he turns it on himself and does that internal work, that self-emptying mm-hmm. work. And he says, am I on a horse? Mm. Am I on the horse of being right? The horse of insisting? The horse of privilege? Soul, untie the colt. Mm. The colt of gentleness, of listening, of humility. Untie the colt that is not afraid to not have all the answers. To still be learning. Untie the power of your vulnerability and ride the cult that knows the power of powerlessness and the power of love. If you are on a horse, untie the cult and get on. Amen. And I just thought that was so cool. Yes. So, thanks, yes. Steve Garnis Holmes, for another thank, winner. Thank you, Steve. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. If you have questions for us or stories that relate to the topics we've been discussing today, shoot us an email at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com or if you find us on uh, at sundaymorningsleepin.com um, or on Facebook. 
Sunday morning sleep in. Uh, the scripture for this podcast was Mark 11, 1 through 11, and Philippians 2, 1 through 11. The theme music you're hearing is Taking Higher by Jezzer. It's traditional at the end of a worship service for the priest to deliver a blessing to the congregation. Some wise words that make us all just a little bit holier. So these are the wise words I have for you this week. Are you on a horse? If you're on a horse, maybe it's time to untie the colt. Maybe it's time to do the work of self-emptying. Not as a way of berating yourself, but as a way of claiming your own power to be somebody who offers peace and justice and hearts. (laughs) Somebody who offers love and listening. Somebody who offers the power of not needing to be in control and the power of not needing other people to be in control of them, but somebody who can hold their own space and offer themselves freely. May you get off your horse. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Amen.